Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, September 17th, and as expected, the Federal Reserve did nothing. Yeah, I know they explained what their new policy is. They're going to let inflation drift a little bit higher. They really want to focus on the jobs market, and they think that the economy is going to take a while to recover. Not new ground there. So, you know what? We got 0% interest for the foreseeable future, and that's likely to impact your financial life in a lot of different ways. One way is the impact on mortgage rates, which through a combination of low interest rates for the short end, which the Fed controls, and just the cratering economy around the globe, all interest rates are lower. So we do have very low mortgage interest rates, which gets us into the question of today. It's a question that so many of you have asked, and it is the question of paying off the mortgage early or refinancing. So John writes, I really enjoy your podcast, short, informative, and no nonsense take on subjects. I've listened to you for years. I also like the way you interact with Mark, but I think we should hear him talk a little more to know he's real. See that, Mark? Okay. John says, my question pertains to my mortgage. I have a 10-year arm and it is currently at 3.25%. It's locked in for 10 years. The arm, the adjustable rate aspect can kick in seven years from now. Originally, a $250,000 mortgage balance, it's now $92,000. I built this house three years ago as our lakeside retirement retreat. I plan on staying here for the rest of our lives. Okay, that's a that's one big question you always ask about a refi. Okay, here we go. Besides the current $1,200 a month payments, I make an additional $800 per month targeting the payoff for that seven years from now before the adjustable rate kicks in. I'm not sure if it makes sense to keep paying off at this pace. I could refinance to a 15 or a 30 year. The refinance costs about $1,500. I know there are two sides, peace of mind of not having mortgage plus lower expenses in retirement versus having more of the cash on hand. Okay, here are the other details. They're in their late 50s. They want to retire, let's say, at around 62, maybe earlier. They plan to delay Social Security and live off their investments until their full retirement age. They've got $1.25 million in a 60-40 portfolio. So it's basically IRA, Roth IRA, brokerage, and a 401k. Wife will get a small pension, about $300 a month. We make right now combined $125,000 a year. We max out our Roths for both of us, and we put 10% into the 401k. Monthly expenses are about five grand per month, including the $2,000 per month going to the mortgage. I tell you what, I'm not sure you should refi. I mean, there's only 92 grand left on this thing. I guess that as long as you're working and you can make this $2,000 a month work, let's do it. Um, and let's pay this off. I don't see a real reason to refi. I, I mean, you, I guess theoretically you could try to find another 10-year, but 
I don't know, what's the tenure going to be? It may not be worth the, the time and the energy. I like the plan that you have right now, and I'm not sure that I'd mess with it. Keep what you got. You've got a nice combination here of assets, and you'll be mortgage free. So I think it'll work. Okay. Nicole writes, love your podcast. I listen to it every morning while I'm getting ready for work. It makes me wish I'd gone into finance instead of engineering. That's funny. I wish I'd gone into engineering, not finance. (laughs) Here's my question. Uh, Since my kids were babies, I put money away for their college. What I always told them was that they would take out modest loans each year, only what they would qualify through FAFSA or federal loans, about six grand a year. And I would try to pay for the rest through a state university. But she also says, I told them I would not sacrifice my retirement to pay for college. So far, it's worked out. All right. When they were little and 529 plans didn't exist, I saved in a Roth IRA, which seemed like a really good idea at the time. My son is done with college. My daughter has just two years left. My $529 are now depleted. So all that's left is the Roth money. I know I can remove contributions without tax or penalty. I'm only 51. So no penalty for removing the earnings. I understand I'll have to pay tax on them. I'm in a 24% bracket. So the 40 grand-ish I have in there will be reduced to 10 plus approximately 20,000, blah, blah, blah. This will let me pay for her last two years barely. But am I doing something dumb? Should I save the Roth for my own retirement and finance the last two years? Should I take out the contributions and leave the earnings? Should I leave both? Okay, here's the question, really. If I don't use the Roth money, I will have to take out a loan because I don't want to risk my emergency fund or my retirement savings. For reference, I'm single. I make $160,000 a year. My only debt is my mortgage and a car payment. And I have three months of an emergency fund, about $750,000 in my employer's 401k. Thank you so much, Nicole. Mark, what should we do? I don't want to take money out of the Roth. That's a definite no. I'll tell you what, you have a good living. Tell me more about this mortgage because I'm thinking that maybe a refi could get you the right solution. Maybe you refinance the mortgage, roll in your car payment, roll in the last couple of years of college that you'll need. You've got low interest rates right now. You cannot actually deduct the interest attributable to those extra things because that's part of the tax law change. But I think that might be a better idea than using the Roth money. Ashley writes, first, I love everything you do. Oh, if you only knew, Ashley, so much I do that you wouldn't love. Your podcasts are part of my daily routine and they give me something to look forward to. I might have a question that's so simple that my risk-averse mentality is making it more complicated than it need be. For background, Ashley writes, I'm in my early 30s. I'm single. I live in a high cost of living area with no major life changes on the horizon. I make $140,000 a year, not including bonus, and I have $100,000 in retirement savings, $100,000 also in cash, $30,000 in index funds through Vanguard. I'm frugal and the $100,000 in cash easily translates to two years of living expenses. And honestly, it's probably closer to three. Eventually, I would like to buy a condo or a house, but it's too expensive where I live. Looks like about a million bucks, she says. Um, Okay, question. Where do I go from here to be smart with my money? I paused my investing in March, largely driven by COVID-related uncertainty. But With $100,000 in cash, I don't think it makes sense to hold much more. Should I just shovel money into Vanguard and enjoy the ride? Are there other investment options out there I should consider? Really appreciate any advice you may have. 
And even if it's just telling me to wake up and quit being so nervous about putting cash in the market at this time. You know what, Ashley? I understand. It was pretty crazy in March. And one of the things that hopefully you've now learned six months into the mission is that whatever fear you felt in March is the flip side of the fear you might feel right now. You know, and this is why our emotions, these fear and greed and the anxieties that we feel around investing in money, this is why they're dangerous. Because what we'd really like you to do is sort of put your investing on autopilot so that in March, you didn't worry about what was happening. And now you don't worry about the markets rising from those levels. So yes, do I think that you should have index funds through Vanguard and use that money that you have that's you know, in the the cash account? Absolutely. So what I would do is I might dollar cost average into those accounts, meaning pick some amount. You know, you don't need to have more than two years of living expenses, really, even if you're wimpy, that's enough. And get that money invested and put it on autopilot. Choose auto rebalancing so that you don't have to think about it. Okay? Great. All right. Cassie writes, I thoroughly enjoy your show. Thank you for continuing to provide great advice. I just got a new government job. It comes with a nice $12,000 raise from what I currently make. The salary is just under $55,000 a year. I've never made this much money before in my life, and I'm not sure how I should approach handling these new funds. I'm 30 years old, no kids. I live with my longtime boyfriend. I have about $56,000 in private student loans, $45,000 in federal student loans, $5,000 in credit card debt, four grand car loan. I'm currently renting, but would love to know if I could consider saving to buy a house. Do you recommend I pay down debt, then save for a house? Yes. <laughs> yes. So start with that credit card debt start with that credit card debt, get that paid down as quickly as possible. Your $45,000 in student loans, those federal loans, you got 0% interest through the end of the year. So what I want you to do is create a spreadsheet, highest interest debt goes on the top, work your way down, and whatever free cash flow with that $12,000 raise, you're going to put more money into paying down that debt. Okay. So another thing that Cassie needs help on is that she currently works for a state government and has a 401k as part of the retirement plan within my agency. I'm unclear on what will happen to it after I quit my job there and don't know how much it is. Help me figure out the best thing to do with that. So if you have a 401k, what will happen is you will have the ability to roll it over into an IRA rollover account. And that will be something that you can direct. You may be able to put the money into your new retirement account with a government, but I, I don't know. They, sometimes they don't allow this. At the very least, you can take that old 401k, roll it into some fund where it will be an IRA rollover and you'll do some sort of investing. Now, because you don't have a lot of uh, experience with investing, the one thing you might want to consider is to use a robo-advisor, use a, a company that will invest on your behalf based on your risk tolerance. That might be Betterment or Wealthfront, or maybe it's Vanguard Digital Advisor or Schwab. But in any event, that's what you'll do with that. If you don't have the confidence to invest it yourself, that's the best way to handle it. All right. And here is our last question of the day from Renee. 
Is it true for the fourth quarter on a paycheck, there will be no social security or Medicare taxes taken off? Then come the first quarter, taxes will come back on the paycheck, but will be more than taken off. Okay. So this is the um, the FICA tax. Most companies are not doing this, Renee. So most companies have opted to not participate in this program. So you got to check with your own company to find out whether they are or they're not. And if they are, they are basically saying you don't pay into Social Security or Medicare for the fourth quarter, but they will come back in the first quarter. And that's kind of annoying. Okay. Renee also wants to know, does your credit score get affected with the more credit cards that get opened in your name? Yes, absolutely. And yes, it could be harder to get a vehicle on. So calm down. Don't close these accounts, but don't open anymore. All right. That's it. That's the program. So coming into the end of the week, uh, we'll be happy to chat with you tomorrow. If you've got a financial question, don't hesitate. Just send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. And, uh, you know, if you think this podcast is helpful for you, could you pass it along to someone else as well? That would be really helpful for us. Um, Don't forget to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to do something nice for somebody else today. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. 